Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. Today we are studying the Prophet Ezekiel, <coughs> that is the Navi Yechezkel, chapter 9. This is Saul Weinreb, the host of your podcast, and uh, thank you for participating today. Today's chapter continues on the trip, the excursion, that God took Yechezkel, the Navi, on. Just to paint the picture, in the beginning of chapter 8, Yechezkel was uh, in the midst of speaking and meeting in his home with the elders of the community, the exiled community in Babylon, and God took him, so to speak, on a virtual uh, trip to Jerusalem, to Jerusalem, to the temple, to see the horrific and awful sins that were being committed by the people. Um, in the temple and around the temple, the sins for which God was about to deliver the imminent destruction and punishment. In today's chapter 9, we are going to read about the, the punishment that God is going to bring upon the people for their sins. If you recall, I did point out at the end that the bottom line of all of the sins, of all of the idolatry, and this is consistent throughout the prophets, and we've seen this over and over again in all of the minor prophets, in the words of Isaiah, and the words of Jeremiah, and we found it in Ezekiel as well, that at bottom line, end of the story, what the atmosphere of idolatry creates is an atmosphere of Hamas. Hamas is a specific type of corruption where people take advantage of each other based on their strength, based on their position, based on their wealth. They take advantage of the poor. And the end of the story, it was, as we said in eight, verse chapter 8, verse 17, Kimala'u et ha'aretz Hamas. God said it's because the land became full of Hamas. Uh, the, um, we'll see some similar ideas in chapter 9 as we read it. Another thing that's important to look out for in chapter 9 is we start to see in a visual depiction of God leaving the temple. That the temple, which was supposed to be meant to be and had been the temple of God's presence that represents God's presence in this world, God is saying, I'm leaving the temple. And we're going to start seeing God depict that in very powerful images. As we read through these chapters in Ezekiel, they become more and more awful. It's hard to imagine something more awful and more devastating and more difficult to read than something some of the chapters we've already read but this chapter gets even more frightening um, I do promise you that at some point Ezekiel will get a lot more encouraging when he talks about the future but unfortunately we're gonna have to suffer through this uh, reading this um, and imagining the horrible horrible suffering that the people must have went through so let's begin Chapter 9, verse 1, Vayikravi Oznai. So after God was, remember, God has, is now holding him, so to speak, carrying him through the, the temple, and he calls out in my ears. Remember, all Ezekiel, Ezekiel the Navi has made it very clear that the, he, his visual images are all like, are all very, very difficult. He, he has visual images, but he can't actually see anything, and when he sees, he becomes overwhelmed with fright and 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 often falls to the floor so to speak but the actual communication is always hearing is always a, a manner uh, something that he hears with his ears so again by God called out in my ears in a loud voice Lamar saying as follows 
Um, this is as if God's making an announcement, but He's making it in such a way that Yechezkel should hear it very clearly. Come close, those of you that are appointed over the city. And each one of you bring along with you the your weapon, your weapon of destruction. Imagining God is calling um, the, the leaders of the Babylonian siege and saying to them, each one of you come with your, whether it's arrows, whether it's spears, whether it's swords, whether it's um, uh, whatever weapon it is that you have, bring it along because I'm appointing you uh, to do as follows. And behold, six men came from the upper gate Asher Mofnet Safona, which faced towards the north. Ve'ish Klei Kli Mapatso and each one had come with his weapon of destruction. Ve'ish Echad B'Tocham, and among them there was another man, Levush Habadim, who was dressed in linen. In the rabbinic uh, imagination of this verse, this man, Levush Habadim, dressed in linen, white linen cloths, is often depicted as the angel Gabriel, but here it doesn't, it's just the man who's in charge, the Radak points out this is just the man who's in charge of the seven leaders. Um, however you look at it, this this man or this angel is uh, appointed over this, the awful, awful things that are about to happen. Uh, and in his um, in his lap or wrapped in his clothing, he had a, uh, a the the book, the scroll, which a scribe is to write upon. So he's keeping track. In other words, although what's going to be described is going to sound like, on one hand, an indiscriminate punishment, but it also is discriminate, as we'll see in a minute. He's keeping track. The punishment is meted out to certain people. And to certain people it is not. And they came, they walked in, and they stood next to the Mizbacha Nechoshet, is the altar that was out in the courtyard, who was the main altar upon which the animal sacrifices were placed. These men stood there and for their instructions from God. And the honor of God himself, the representation of that in this vision, has now uplifted itself from above, above the Kirov, which is the um, the the cherubs. Asher Hayalav, which was um, which because it was upon it, El Miftan Habayit. The the several ways to read this, but I'm going to read this as the 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 honor of God Himself, the presence of God, so to speak, or the representation of it, which used to be upon the or the, the, the cherub is now rising above it. This is the symbol God is saying, I'm leaving. I was here. This is where I rested. I'm leaving. The temple no longer represents me, no longer represents my presence in this world. And then he called out. The presence of God called out to the man in charge, the one, the one who had the book. So presumably the one who had the book also knew and had recorded the deeds of the people in Jerusalem and would have known which person 
is deserving of being saved and which is not. So, Vayomer Adonai Elav, so God said to him, this is verse 4, Avor betoch I want you to go around the city, betoch Yerushalayim, through Jerusalem, v'hitvita tav, and place a mark. Now, the word tav here, uh, according to almost all the commentaries, means a mark. It, uh, but it also, of course, would remind one of the Hebrew letter tav. So, in the rabbinic, interpretations of these of this pasuk of this verse they usually assume that this tough is the form of the hebrew letter tough which gives birth to a whole uh, bunch of images and ideas of what the letter tough would stand for and one famous midrashic reading of the tough could stand for tamut or tichyeh he shall live or he shall die which would start with the letter tough which um but it also just means a mark so in however you uh, whatever background you come to when you approach this Pasuk, you imagine this mark to be something else. When one reads the Christian literature, they imagine this mark as being a cross. There's no, it's not clear from this verse, though, what the word tough means. It just means a mark. It, for all we know, it could just be a dot on mitzchot on, Hashem, uh, on the foreheads of the men. Which men do you put the mark on? The ones the ones who are crying and moaning, the ones who are upset, the ones who understand the awfulness of what had been done and are upset about it. In other words, the people that truly regret the bad deeds and are ready to improve, I want you to put a mark on their heads, on their foreheads. And to those people, um, in other words, to those other people that were standing there, in other words, the other uh, um, destroyers, uh, God spoke in my ear again, as in other words, he said it loudly so that I could hear, but clearly he was also in, announcing it to these men, I want you to follow after the main leader, whether he's an angel or a man, as he's going to mark people, I want you to start to strike and kill and slaughter, do not have any mercy, do not have any pity. Zakein Bahura Busula, whether the guilty person is an elder person or a young man or a young woman, Vitaf or children, Vinashim and older women, uh, in other words, Targu. Uh, here when it says children, one automatically shudders, shudders to think. This is just awful, awful to read, and one wonders if this is justice and which is only being mediated out to those who deserve it, those who do not regret their deeds then how come children are being slaughtered? There is no answer to that question. But this kind of gives a different sense, a sense of indiscriminate slaughter. Whereas before, this mark gives a sense of, of a more just kind, where only some people. But um, I don't have an answer for that question. I haven't seen any real explanation for this that ever makes any sense at all when it comes to the suffering of children. This is not something that anyone can ever adequately explain you should kill the mashchit to destroy however those that do have the mark do not come close to them and I want you to start from my temple go around my temple and kill the guilty people remember the sinning was happening in the temple itself and he began with the elderly men, who were standing in front of the house. Remember, the elderly leaders, we pointed out, were led the people in their corruption and, and did not do anything to put the people. They were the ones who 
could have been the leaders and led the people in the right direction, but instead they did the opposite. This, these images are just awful. And he said to them, and this is an image which must have struck the people that Yechezkel, that the prophet was talking to, as impossible to imagine. Tamu et This is God Himself saying, "Defile my home, defile the house, defile the temple." God is saying, "I left. There's no reason to keep it pure and holy anymore. Bodies, dead bodies, murder, killing in the temple is the most awfully awful defilement one can imagine." And God Himself is saying, "Defile my home. I'm gone. I left. That's why He was above the kruv, above the cherubs." Malu et chalalim. Fill the courtyards with corpses. Say, you go out, v'yatsu. And then they did. So now Ezekiel is saying, and I saw them doing this. They went out, ir, and they struck first in the temple and then in the city. And while this was going on, this awful, awful scene that God was having me see, and I was left alone in the temple, with, surrounded by this terrible scene, and I just, I could not handle it, the prophet says, I fell upon my face, and I cried out to God, and I said, Aho, oy, oy. it was just a cry, just a cry, there's no words, Adonai Elohim, the Lord, our, my, my God, are you going to destroy it? All that's left of the people of Israel, as you're pouring out your anger on Jerusalem, you're angry at Jerusalem. As you pour out your anger, are you going to kill everyone? Oy, oy, oy. Even Yechezkel is saying this, even though he knew and understood that it wasn't everyone, the, those that were marked survived. We know that there was something left. But just while you're watching something so awful like this, something so terrible, it feels as if everything is coming to an end, and 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 it's just it's just something that that it's hard to imagine anyone uh, seeing something like this. And 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 I mean, I you know, it's just it's just not not a not, it's, there's no words for something like this. and God said to me, Avon Beis Yisrael, the sins of the people of Israel. This is kind of a reference to the northern kingdom of Yehuda and the people of Judah, the southern kingdom. Even though the people of Israel were already destroyed, but the people of Israel includes everyone, not just the, the people of Yehuda that are in Yerushalayim. Gadol b'ma'od ma'od. It is great, great, very, 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 very bad. God repeats it again. Gadol b'ma'od ma'od. repeats in three words describing just how awful, awful, awful it's been. Mm-hmm. The land is full of damim, of blood. This verse should remind us of the... Um, Isaiah one fifteen, where God, who is also predicting the destruction. Yedechem damim maleu. When one people make others suffer, it's damim that they're like murderers when they harm other people, when they hurt other people, when they oppress other people. It's like the land is full of blood. Muteh, this again harkens back to the themes that we've seen in the other prophets. The city is full of muteh. Muteh is hatoyat mishpat. The turning, the corruption of justice. Again, the ultimate reason why God says, the answer to Ezekiel, why this terrible destruction of happening is twisted justice and people taking advantage of each other. Very clear when he says the specific reason. He doesn't talk about the the idol worship per se, the philosophical problems about polytheism versus monotheism. But he's saying that what this 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 with this idol worship led to was mutet, twisted justice between man 
and other men. Ki amru. And why is it that this came about? This came about and this goes to the heart of what's wrong with idol worship. When one does idol worship, one thinks it's a transactional relationship with multiple gods. I give them some sacrifices, I get what I want. But no one looks, no one cares about what I'm doing, no one watches. Ki amru, they used to say, God has forsaken the land. And no one sees me, no one cares about what I do. And therefore I also, God says, I will not uh, show any pity, I will not show compassion. It's their ways, it's because of their actions, I'm putting it on their head. And behold, the prophet tells us, while he's seeing this vision, that man or angel or whomever it was that he was seeing, who was dressed in linens, the one who, the one who was holding the book, the book in which he had written, who's, who's righteous, who's not, he answered God saying, Asiti, I have done, everything that you have commanded me, it is done, I have done your mission. This, uh, uh, the thoughts, the ideas, the uh, image here expressed is a terrible image, an awful image and painful to read. Uh, this, uh, um, unfortunately, the image will continue in the next chapter, but um, we will eventually get to the point where the people that are saved, the remnant, will be able to reestablish the, uh, the, the people and their relationship with God. Uh, the, this image also is Ezekiel's next attempt at trying to impress the people, trying to impress them to understand, A, what is coming and what is real, and so that they should stop their lack of belief in him. And also, they, they, he was trying to, so this is like another method, another image being placed in front of them. And more so, it is also in a, a way of him saying that there are ways to be saved. You can just regret your bad deeds now and change. Thank you so much for uh, uh, studying chapter 9 with me. Looking forward to studying chapter 10 and, of course, the rest of the book together.